You're listening to the FYI podcast where we talk about all things faith, life, adulting, relationships, finances, and more. I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Micah Keneally. We have this podcast to help you end your week strong, but start your weekend even stronger. So every single Friday, we drop off an episode, whether it's in your Spotify or if you're watching on YouTube or wherever you're listening, whatever you're doing, we want to join you for a fun conversation because these are questions that you as young adults are asking. And Josiah, should I ask him the question? Yes. This this question comes from our friend Tyler, right? And he emailed us through fyi-podcast.com. You can submit your questions. You can also go on Instagram, fyi podcast and send us a dm right catch us at a live event um and you're invited to the ya weekend happening may 12th 13th and 14th in alexandria minnesota lake geneva christian center is hosting there'll be hundreds of other young adults we're fired up some of the speakers include us Mm -hmm. zach windall the author of the bible study logan ketterling from river valley church going to be an amazing time of worship breakout sessions growing in godly community and meeting friends building relationships that can last a lifetime but kick it to tyler's question Yeah. So Tyler wants us to unpack a question that many of you probably are asking without even knowing that you're asking it. And it is, is it possible to have friends of the opposite sex while in a committed relationship relationship slash marriage? And what does that look like? That sounds like a loaded question to me. (laughs) It's a phenomenal question. And look, we're not afraid of leaning into the messy. We're not afraid of embracing the struggle. We're not afraid of tackling tough topics. And just know this, it's not going to be hot takes all the time. It's not going to be my opinion or Micah's opinion. We are going to tether our teaching to truth. Mm -hmm. We believe that there is absolute truth that Mm -hmm. comes from the word of God, which is the Bible. And so I think that it's important to to turn to God's word and Mm -hmm. say, what does Jesus teach? Mm -hmm. What does scripture teach about relationships and friendships? And um, if I were to emphasize one thing, one thing about you know, opposite sex friendships when in a committed relationship and marriage, um, that one thing would be a covenant. You look at one of the sacraments of the church is holy matrimony. Mm -hmm. And you think of marriage in our culture in today's world has been kind of lessened and cheapened. And I just look at our covenant. We are a married couple Mm -hmm. who happen to do ministry together. We happen to raise a family together, um, living together, all those different things. But for me, one of the prayers is a protection over our covenant Mm -hmm. because we made a covenant. You know, I don't have a lot of other covenants. How would you even define a covenant? Like what is a definition? A binding contract, right? Yeah. And it's it's not even between you and me. Mm -hmm. God was invited into that court of three strands that Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. talks about. Court of three strands is not easily broken with us. It's you, me, and it's God. Yeah. Jesus at the center of our relationship, our marriage. And mm-hmm. so then it was 
until death do us part, we will be married Mm -hmm. in sickness, in health. We've had some sickness. We've had some health in poverty, in riches. Like Mm -hmm. it's not about when it's convenient, right? It's not a contract. Like I'm looking at my cell phone here, but like we happen to have Verizon and we'll go to Sam's club and the people from the the expiration date on our covenant is when God decides to take one or both of us at the same time. That's only time that covenant's ever going to be broken because nobody's married in heaven. Right. So our contract for our phone, it'll be up in one year. Like that's different. That's there's a deadline on that in a very, very different way. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. And, and we don't have a lot of mm. other covenants. The The other relationship is lifelong is following Jesus. And then sure there's other commitments, but the covenant is with Jesus. Mm-hmm with each other. And then, you know, I think we're also committed to our girls that mm-hmm. we're, we're raising them as, as a family. So, so then for me, like, how do you unpack the answer to that question? Practically, Micah? Oh man, practically, I would just, I think this is something that everybody navigates through. If you are in a relationship or when your friends start dating or you start dating, you recognize and realize how many friends that you truly have of the opposite sex. And maybe like I was, I had a lot of guy friends. Like I loved hanging out with the guys. It was just so much fun. There was like less drama. And I don't know. I was just really, I'm, I naturally gravitate to the sports world, um, being a personal trainer, fitness instructor, um, a stat, an athlete myself, and just realizing like, wow, like I really connect with guys in a different way than I did some females. And I have great female friends, but relationships look different on the friendship scale. But the moment that you step into relationship, you have to almost unpack how would the, how would you feel on the other side of this question? So more or less, if you are a female and you start dating a guy and you really, you want to, you realize like, oh my gosh, like my dynamics of my guy friends and my relationships had to change. They naturally change because they're like, oh, Mike is dating now. Either it's like, we want to meet this guy or I'm kind of probably going to pull away from those friend groups and not to say they're still not my friends. They're just not in my inner circle. So the inner circle and the friendship dynamics naturally change. The dichotomy of that changes is just to what degree. And just thinking of it, if I'm in a committed relationship or even our marriage, thinking through would I feel comfortable with Josiah having a bunch of female friends that he's texting anytime, any place at the convenience of whatever, if I know them or don't know them, I don't like that feeling. So even on the, the flip side of that, I wouldn't feel comfortable being like, Josiah, here are my guy friends texting me throughout the day. I would say the practicalities of our friendships when the, when, when we were single, when we were dating, engaged and married have definitely changed, evolved, and people have shifted throughout the circle in a healthy way. Meaning that when we do gather, my guy friends and girlfriends are now his guy friends and girlfriends. So we're always in a group. I'm married. I'm committed to Josiah. He's married. He's committed to me, but it's always a big group setting. It's ne- it's never been, I'm going to go off and hang out with my guy friend and leave my husband at home. Like that's just craziness in my mind. Like that's not even an option, but to know like the good friends that I have developed is like my brother-in-law. Like I can drive to McDonald's with him or drive somewhere to pick something up. Like he's like a, like literally like a brother to me. So just really keeping in mind, who are you with? What does that look like? And how would the other person feel on the other side of this question? I think that coming back to the vows or the covenant for a second in traditional wedding vows that many couples choose to write their own vows, or they may not use this one, but traditional wedding vows 
say, will you love, comfort, honor, keep in sickness and health? I mentioned that part, but here was a key forsaking all others, be faithful to them as long as you both shall live. And then there's even till that death do us part. That's good. Forsaking all others. I look at that's a kind of a beautiful example of following Jesus. God is described Yahweh as a jealous God. His his name in the Old Testament was Yahweh or I am. Mm -hmm. And he said in the Ten Commandments, have no other gods before me. Forsake Mm -hmm. all others. And so there is this peace in a committed relationship where it's actually more about self-denial than than entitlement. So uh, this is what I mean. Following Jesus Mm -hmm. isn't about what you get. Following Jesus isn't about what you're entitled to or what your rights or what your liberties are. Christianity Mm -hmm. isn't about entitlement. It's about denial, denying yourself, denying your right, giving up your rights and picking up your cross daily and following Jesus. And I think so for me, the wisdom piece is the story that I've never heard isn't, is that, oh, oh, but my ex led me closer to Jesus. Or my, my friends of the other sex, they, they just make me a better man. They make me a better person. I've never heard that. It's usually, oh, cross paths with an ex on social media or reconnected an old flame. And you, you know, that story and it doesn't end well. Mm -hmm. And we want to begin with the end in mind of marriage. And so I think there is a part of protecting your covenant, Mm -hmm. praying over your covenant, being committed, and then even denying some of the rights, the liberties, the entitlements. Um, I can think Mm -hmm. of a few examples Mm -hmm. Uh, talk about like communication of like texts or emails or even calls or face-to-face mm-hmm. encounters. Yeah. Um, Cause I think that could help practically. Oh yeah. It's, it's huge. I think, well, I think it comes from what I actually learned and you actually have it written down here is it starts with the, the rule of three mm-hmm. and just thinking about that rule of three. So anytime I were to text what, whether it's ministry related, whether it's a young adult reaching out and they have my phone number, whatever it is, I always invite and include Josiah in that conversation, even if it might not have anything initially to do with him, but he's in it. Yeah. So even when I'm sending an email to another individual that's on our list to email, he's always the third one that's in there. So he's a part of the conversation. He knows what's taking place. There's no room or uh, room for the enemy to move. And there's no error that if we give the enemy an inch, he'll take a mile every time. Or just keep it in consideration. Even when I'm like texting to surprise him with a birthday party for the guy friends, I include their wives. I'm like, Hey, we're having a surprise birthday party for Josiah. We're having a supper for him, blah, blah, blah. You know? So I never text his friends or they're our friends, but his guy friends that are really close to him one-on-one, like somebody else is always included in that. It's generally their spouse or Josiah if it's a surprise for him. So just keep it in mind, the rule of three is something that I think Billy Graham really talked about, right? Yeah. And, and it didn't even start as a rule. Um, I wrote it down because it's it's called- We call it the rule of three. It's called the, the rule of three or the Billy Graham rule. There, there's an article you could read um, and it was a commitment- of a group of pastors and evangelists who were friends, Billy and his his yeah. team, they made a commitment to each other and to their marriages. Because even then in like what, 1940s and 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. there was a, a derogatory connotation with 
the word televangelist or evangelist. And the scandals then and now usually center around believing the schemes of the enemy Mm. and it's either power, sex, or money. And so they made a commitment like, look, we're not going to milk offerings. We're not going to just try to gather all the resources we can. We're not going to, um, cheat on our, our wives. We're not even going to be in a place where there's the misinterpretation or, and so I think that like, that's what Mike is talking about. If like, think it's different if it's one of our parents or a sibling or a family member mm-hmm. that then you're going to be alone mm-hmm. in public with with this person but they're your sister or a, a parent or a mm-hmm. child or a family member so I think that that's different and I even really admire a guy uh, Kyle Groves he I'd see him at the gym all the time and he just kind of in passing he's you know been married probably 30 years committed to his wife And he just said, I have a rule. He goes, Lisa and I have a rule where we don't talk to anyone of the opposite sex for more than five minutes. Mm, It's like, well, if somebody comes up to you at the gym and you're like, hey, working out, like, nice to see you. Oh, how how are the kids? Like, oh, awesome. Look, it was great to see you, but I've got to go to my workout or I'm going to keep moving here. And they kept their conversations five minutes or less unless one of the others um, was there. Like if, if they're it's four of them or three of them. It's, it's a little bit different, but I think that group texts look, if you might be married or want to be married someday, Mm -hmm. I would go as bold as and practical as to say, there might be some people you need to unfollow on social media. There might be some numbers that you need to delete from your phone book. And I, I think that, well, why? Leave no room for the enemy. It's good. And I would say any girl that I've ever mentored that's broken up with any guy or several guys, I always ask them one of the first things, okay, you're out of this relationship or you're out of these three relationships that you've been wrestling with the last three years. Did you delete their phone number? Have you gotten rid of everything that they've ever given to you? Whether it's a note, a text, an article of clothing, some form of a memory, like memorabilia, toss it, get rid of it. And I'm not saying like you delete the memory of the person altogether, but there's elements like, yeah, sometimes you need to do that. You need to move up and move on and move out and on all, on all fronts. So even just keeping in mind, like how people view you and how you are leaving room for your heart to wow. flirt wow, or how you could be coming across to that third party. That's not in like your committed relationship. You're giving them a false hope about what or who they could be to you when in reality, they have no right for that position. And sometimes people's motives start pure and they start fun. They start friendly, but never giving out your cell phone to anybody, never giving my spouse's cell phone out to anybody. I'll say, Hey, so-and-so wants to reach out to you. You know, I got their number for you. I'm not going to hand it out willy nilly. And you guys may be thinking like, Mike, I'm 20 years old. Like who cares is what we do. We hand out phone numbers. We do this and that and the other. Well, keep in mind that you're playing and toying with not only your heart and emotions, but anybody else is involved. So just taking into consideration, how are you deleting things? Who are you involving into your life? And what relationships need to shift and change and pivot? And what life have you been living that is misrepresenting who you are as a young adult, as a Christ follower, as a marketplace person, wherever you're at, is to really understand the simplicity, but also the complexity of this. And I'll share. So it was me and two other guys um, that are in ministry. One's 
10, 15 years older. Another one's about our age. And it was me and three of the guys. And Josiah was not driving. He's like, hey, everybody get in the van. We're going to go out for lunch. They said, okay, ladies, get in the front. And I said, nope, Josiah's not driving. The windows are a little darker back here. I don't need anybody to think that I'm driving around with somebody else and they don't see anybody in the back. And there's like, I saw Micah driving with so-and-so. Nope. You two get the front, Josiah and I will sit in the back because I don't want to leave any room for misinterpretation. Mm -hmm. Like anybody in that vehicle been like, what are they talking about? But from the outsider's perspective, us just driving by can be severely misrepresented or misinterpreted by their vantage point. So thinking about the trail and the vantage point of the outsider, I mean, you can't overanalyze everything. You might say, who cares? Who sees me? Blah, blah, blah. Well, I also want you to take into consideration if you are not yet married and maybe you're not in a relationship. I'm glad you're going here. I was hoping we'd go here next. And you are praying for your future spouse and you are waiting and you're holding out for the one that God has for you. But you know that there are other people hot on your trail. Think about this. When I was praying for Josiah, I had five guys ask me out in one day, five guys, five potential dates, no burgers, no fries. If you guys know five guys. And I was frustrated because Josiah was not one of those five. And I was convicted because I was, I was tempted to go on a date with one of them or even just go for coffee, not even a date, just coffee. But I felt like something prompted in my heart. And it was simply this, Mike, if you were sitting at the table with one of these five guys and Josiah entered that coffee shop, what would he think? Not like, oh, Mike is at a table with a guy. Oh, Mike is dating somebody. She's not interested in me. She's not available. She's attached to them. She's unattached to me. Like there's no future us, even whatever. I mean, fill in the blank for whatever thought you might have. But to take into consideration, what message are you sending if somebody else is on your radar and what hearts are you toying with in the process? Because I don't, I hated being offered false hope. And I didn't want to offer any of those five guys a false hope or crush Josiah when I knew what God had spoken specifically about me praying for him. If you've listened to any of the other podcasts, you can go back and listen. But our story is very unique and very incredible in that sense. So Josiah, what did you want to add to that? I just want to double down on that. idea of if you're single and you're desiring marriage someday, the habits that you form in your singleness bleed into your future marriage, your future family. And that's why we're passionate about Mm. the single life. It's, it's not a lesser season at all. Your life is, has begun now. It's a part of eternity past. It's eternity present right now. And there is eternity future. And if you desire marriage in your future, um, here on earth and you sense that God, that's part of maybe God's design mm-hmm. or plan for you. Mm-hmm. We want to join our faith with yours. Practically, what message are you sending? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's this verse in James, that James, the half-brother of Jesus, he says, let your yes be yes, mm-hmm. let your no be no. So I translate that into dating. Mm-hmm. It's going to be clear, and I'm not single, but I would encourage the single young man, make it clear. Mm -hmm. If you're going to ask somebody out to hang out, make it clear your intentions are pursuit, your intentions Mm -hmm. are a date. And then have a degree of mindfulness and respect that if somebody asks you out, be honest, yes or no. It's not Mm -hmm. your responsibility if somebody's feelings are hurt. Right. And I think that communicating your honest feedback is letting your yes be yes. Mm -hmm. It's letting your no be no. 
Um, for, and then one step further, it's like, I, I would be pretty intentional mm-hmm. with any groups of friends. Groups of friends are great. Mm-hmm. I love friend groups. And with that, there's going to be some co-ed, there's going to be a mix of guys and gals. It's a great way to get to know people, mm-hmm. to understand who they are, to observe them and their mm-hmm. character. I'm just going to encourage people to be pretty mindful of toying with feelings because maybe you're not attracted to anyone in that group, but that doesn't mean that they're not attracted to you. Right. And so being intentional. So like, is it possible? Can you have friends of the opposite sex? I'd say, yeah. And I don't use this word. I'm going to put a butt there. <laughs> I, I, I try to say yes. And, but with this one, I'm going to say, yeah, but be pretty mindful. Mm-hmm. It can't, is it possible? Bottom line, if you want to push me, yes, it's possible. I would just want to say, but be really careful, be really mindful mm-hmm. um, because there's feelings like guys and gals, there can be attraction, there can mm-hmm. be flirting or there can be gray mm-hmm. areas. And then it's like, is that fair? Um, and, and somebody's feelings might develop for you or your feelings might develop for somebody. And maybe you're all single or you're both single. But I think that it's really hard to have thriving friendships mm-hmm. where there's not an attraction either way. Yeah. Many times it's one way or it's the other. Oh, attraction. Like maybe there's a spark chemistry. And then you get the jokes of like, well, if neither of us is married by age 30 or by Mm -hmm. age 40, you're the backup. I don't think God's plan for you is to be second best or to be somebody's backup. Well, I would just, I kind of share two stories, two stories. So in high school, like I was really good friends with a bunch of like three, four guys and then me and like another gal. So we had to hang out like seventh through 12th grade Literally every day after school, if we weren't in sports, treating each other around, like we were doing life at one of our friend's house. Well, I started dating one of them and one of them got jealous because he liked me since like kindergarten, like literally probably for 20 years of my life had had a crush on me. And I realized off and on with one guy that I was dating, I I realized I was becoming a wedge between the two of these guys because they were like best friends. So I'm dating one. The other one wants to date me and now they're all fighting. And I finally just said, you know what? I can't date either of you. It was always back and forth of who wanted to date me. And I was like, I'm not going to be the pawn in the middle of a friendship and change the dynamic of our great relationships. So the moment I said no to both of them, everybody was at ease to know that I was not, I'm not fair game anymore. Like I don't want to date either of you because I love you both too much as like brothers now, because you both ruined everything. So in the sense of that, like, I love you like a brother. And I think that if you're single and you start praying to see your brothers and sisters in Christ and you start to love them like Jesus loved them, you won't fall for all of them. You will fall in love with one of them. And I think so many times we walk into a room thinking, is she here? Is he there? Who am I going to marry? And we're on this constant prowl that it's taxing and exhausting (laughs) and everybody has their guard up and it's like the jungle And you really need to really just reel it in and let God tame your emotions and just realize like, wow, Lord, how am I praying for my future spouse? And how am I positioning my heart to one pursue or to be pursued? Mm -hmm. Because we, you needed to be able to do both. Right. And to, to tame our heart and have God be the center of that. So keeping in mind, the moment you start dating somebody in a group setting, it changes everything. 
on so many different levels. And you may have experienced that. I mean, I most definitely had, but until I'd said no to everybody and let them know, like everybody was finally like disarmed of like, they weren't fighting over me and I didn't become a wedge. And we were friends up until we were 25, 27 years old, really close. And since then we've all got married and that whole thing has changed. But if I would see one of them, I would obviously say hello to them. I would say hello to their wives and everything else. And to know that they're, I'm not a threat to anybody (laughs) and nobody's a threat to me and Josiah and our relationship. So just really knowing like who you are and whose you are in the process of friendship and relationships. But I will say when you do truly pray, Lord, help me to see people like you see them and to love my brothers and sisters in Christ. You, some of you may have thought have been attracted to or interested in just completely shuts down. You're like, wow, he's an incredible person or she's an incredible person. But I just, there's no feelings there and that's okay. So I just wanted to share those two things that I think are yeah. essential when everybody wants to be somewhere they're not, but they're, I don't know, too afraid to recognize that maybe this need to chill out. <laughs> I think that we're, we'd be, against games relation relationally Mm. toying with hearts we'd be against ghosting i think that it's it's just um it's challenging and hard enough out there and to be honest letting your yes be yes letting Mm -hmm. your no be no and um i think in the process maybe there's a committed relationship tyler or others the listener that you're in Mm -hmm. and what you don't want is to create insecurity in that committed relationship or marriage. Mm-hmm. Like I'll speak for us. I don't want anyone to drive a wedge or to create distrust or mistrust. And I think that I've seen it plenty of times where it, where it is. And then jealousy mm-hmm. or insecurity um, for, for a couple that's dating or in a committed relationship or even married. It's like, wow, you don't want distrust. You want to build trust. Yeah. And um, again, I would go back to probably one of the ways to break trust yeah. is to create doubt and to, yeah. and to have like, why would there be people in my life that make Micah jealous? Yeah. Why would I allow that in? It goes against our covenant. Yeah. So I think that um, a committed relationship can really be the same way. Well, they keep in mind, so this is not true. So I'm just using this as an example. So if Josiah is my husband, like, as you said, a relationship or marriage, obviously we're married. And if I had one of my guy friends, if I had a best guy friend, which I do not, Josiah is my best friend, my best guy friend, everything. He's all in one. And that your spouse hopefully is and should be. But if I'm having marital problems and say my best friend is a guy, is it healthy for a female to go to the third party, which is my best guy friend outside my marriage to complain about my spouse or to ask for advice or to ask for insight. Exactly. The answer is no, because what I would be doing or what somebody would be doing, be creating a bond with that third party. And that's where affairs happen. That's where cheating happens. That's where false hope happens. That's where mistrust happens. That's Mm -hmm. where misguided emotions happen. Like there's so that's just, that's a tactic from the enemy to position somebody in the role. Or sometimes people put themselves in that role because they still want a piece of the pie when in reality that ship has sailed, whatever that is. So just being mindful and putting yourself in the person that you're dating or married to put them in your shoe, put yourself in their shoes. 
and just really ponder that thought like, wow, I would feel insecure. Oh, wow. I would want to probably look at your phone too, or wow, they're texting you when, and just have those boundaries and those conversations with the person that you're dating. And I'm not saying if you're dating and you're in college and maybe you're not like, you're not even talking about marriage yet, but you're in a friend group and you are in a relationship, be mindful of what you're asking of each other when you're not fully committed to one another yet in the sense of you can't have any girlfriends just like outside of me. You cannot talk to any girl. Like that's an extreme boundary and aggressive. If I'm 18, 19 years old and I don't intend on getting married <laughs> till I'm 30 or maybe it's not even yeah. in the cards. Yeah. So just really taking into consideration what you are asking of others, what's being asked of you or what's being asked for you to sacrifice while the other person still gets to do their thing. So layers of thinking has yeah. to go into the dynamics of relationships and friendships outside of marriage. Yeah. And forbidding pers a person is not yeah. a healthy alternative. <laughs> Something that I value is community. And in, like, thank you that you're journeying with us on FYI, and we might be a part of your extended community. And hopefully the Holy Spirit would be invited in, into this in every conversation and maybe shine some light on different questions or challenges or issues. And I, I think through like, I value the community of voices that are committed to my life, like mm. some brothers in Christ that I have accountability, et cetera. And I remember there was a story in college where um had a friend group and it was a mixed, a mixed friend group. We were youth leaders together at a church. Mm -hmm. We went to college. We would go to coffee or lunch and study together in a group. And one of my guy friends in my college community, his name was Ben. And he goes, Hey, are you dating anybody? And I go, no. No, not, not in the season for that pretty busy, but he goes, well, every time I see you around campus, you're with a different, lovely young lady. <laughs> I go, wow. I mean, they're probably a youth leader. They're probably a sister in Christ. They're probably like, like there's some people that, you know, we're youth leaders mm -hmm. together. We're in different majors, but we meet up to study or go to chapel together, but it kind of opened my eyes to a blind spot that I'm extroverted. I'm going you're I got outgoing yeah. like like I have that golden retriever personality test assessment mm -hmm. and wow huh, I could see where somebody maybe it, it would confuse hearts mm -hmm. and so but that moment I was probably 19 20 years old mm -hmm. but that moment a buddy in my community made me aware of something like hey don't play with hearts like mm -hmm. be, be mindful because when you know that you're ready to date you'll be attracted to one person yeah and I think that that was just a, a story of an example of letting your community speak into your life because mm -hmm. they know you better than, than Mike and I know you and, yeah. and make it a matter of prayer too. Yeah. Um, as with these and other topics, but um, excited for the YA weekend, May yeah. 12th through 14th. You can find out more by visiting youngadults.today slash the dash WKND. We're so excited. We hope to have you join us in Minnesota, Lake mm -hmm. Geneva, in Alexandria this yeah. May. And until next time, send us in your questions, but you're listening to the FYI podcast. <laughs>